What would you say if I told you that you could literally change your mind and have a direct impact on your attitude, motivation, energy, and in the long run, your performance? That you could proactively do something that would increase your level of performance at sports, education, or really any activity? And that there is a rather straightforward way to do this? And that this approach and the outcomes are backed by many neuroscience, cognitive science, psychology, and other kinds of research? And that is it within your control to do this at any time. You could literally start doing this right after this podcast. All right, well, listen up and I'll tell all. Welcome to the Achieve More podcast, where I help people and teams overcome challenges and achieve peak potential using neuroscience and high performance skills, tools, and approaches. My name is Michael Scheel, and I have over 23 years of experience as a high performance coach and transformation consultant. I use this podcast to provide tactically useful information that you can apply right away improve, achieve more, and help you live an engaging, productive, and fulfilling life with more balance and way less overwhelm. Now, before I jump into things, I've got a really, a really useful tool that I think will be useful for you uh, to help you figure out where you are in your improvement journey, if you are in an improvement journey, the, including the skills you should focus on, what your next three steps are, and some curated recommendations on tools and resources that can help you out. So I have a link for the next three steps quiz in my show notes below, or if you head on over to Invictus.coach, you can see the link for the quiz partway down the page, and I've got it as a banner right across the top as well. Okay, everybody, today we're talking about mindset. The reason uh, that I want to talk about mindset is it turns out that it is one of the most powerful tools that you can use to do some amazing things with your life. It literally has the ability to impact you at the emotional, social, psychological, and now we know even the biological level. Now, for the longest time, neuroscientists, psychologists, and others were pretty sure that your brain stopped developing early in life when you were a childhood or teenager, and that your mindset and just about everything else was set and couldn't be changed. But you know, fast forward to now, and we know that that is very different. We have a way better understanding of how the brain works, and we know how mindset works a lot more right now. Back in podcast episode number 16, I talked about the neuroscience of mindsets and how you can develop a growth mindset. Today, my focus is on how you can use your mindset to improve your performance. I'm specifically looking at performance-related stuff. So we're going to learn about how you can harness your mindset and how you can change it and use it as a superpower for your benefit. All right. So in today's podcast, I'm going to cover, I'm just going to remind you what a mindset is. I'm going to tell you how it is set why it is so powerful for performance. I found some really good peer-reviewed studies that talk to about that, but I'm gonna make it very applicable and very tactical for you. I'm gonna to talk to you about how you can improve your performance with it and give you a simple four-step framework that you can use and you can start using it right after this. I promise to keep the theory a little light and I'm just gonna provide enough so that it gives you the basis of understanding why and how that framework will work. Okay, first of all, let's talk about what is a mindset. A mindset is a core belief or assumption that we have about something that leads us to a, a predetermined set of expectations, explanations, and goals. So it's a core belief or assumption you have about a person, a situation, an event, uh, it could be about a race, could be about a gender, whatever, that leads you to uh, a set of expectations, predetermined expectations about how they're going to behave or how things are going to unfold. Like a habit, the brain likes mindsets because it's more efficient use of its neural network. You set expectations for how a person will behave or how a meeting will unfold, and your brain can use a familiar set of resources to guide your behavior. It knows what neurochemicals to use, what neural pathway to use. And you know, over the long run, uh, that's really useful for your brain because it can use, it can save your resources for other things that are more risky. So mindsets like habits are nice because they're not a risky thing. It's a known quantity for your brain. 
So quite literally, when you have a strong mindset, a familiar neural pathway is laid out for your brain to access the memories, emotions, and actions from when you last interacted with this mindset. For instance, if you have a mindset you're bad at math and will likely melt from fear in a math test, hello, 16-year-old me, your brain knows to access those memories and to prepare for your stress response. So when I would sit down in front of a math test, I would start to feel the sweats. I would totally go into stress response. And I remember this right now, very vividly talking about this. I can feel the emotion about that. You know, the appropriate you know, memories and, and neural pathways were activated by my brain. The emotional response is all activated. And the neurochemicals, because I was responding in, in a stress and fear thing, my brain knows, oh, we need the neurochemicals for stress and fear. Whereas, if I had looked forward to math and felt engaged to learn new things like I do now, the neurochemical process in my brain would have been very different, as would my emotions, actions, and how I interacted with the world around me as I was taking my math test. Okay, so there are four things that, you're, that can set your mindset naturally. There's four of them. Uh, one, how you were raised, so how your parents talked about things and how you saw things happening as you were growing up. Number two, Influential others in your life, yeah, your parents, your peers, um, maybe brothers and sisters, people you respect in your community. Number three, a really strong one, is culture and media. So what you see, movie stars or pop stars or whatever, people that you, you respect or like what they say and do and how they act. And then the fourth one, which I think is the most important one, is your conscious choice. Now those first three, you don't really realize it as much, how you were raised, the influential others in your life and cultural media, those all impact your mindset. You're not, you just don't realize it's happening in the background. But the fourth one, your conscious choice, you can consciously choose to change your mindset. And that to me is exceptionally powerful and that is the basis for what our podcast is about today. Okay, so let's ask the question, how can a mindset improve your performance? There are so many studies on this. Oh my goodness, there's so many studies across education, sports, social sciences, military, and other areas. You name the area, they've probably done a study on it that show how important your mindset is, the impact of proactively setting it or changing it to engage in your environment in a different way. So many studies, I couldn't possibly summarize them all, but what I'm gonna do is summarize sort of the impact on performance in four ways. So there's four buckets for how mindset improves your performance. It improves how you approach your sport, education, worker activity. So your mindset can change how you approach it and how you set yourself up for it. Number two, it improves how you perform during your activity. Yes, it is shown that if we have the right mindset, you can improve your performance in a variety of ways. We're gonna talk about how in a second. Number three, it improves how you perceive how you did at your activity afterwards. So You've, it improves how you approach it, it improves how you do the activity, and it improves how you think about it afterwards. And the fourth thing I wanted to say is from a long-term efficacy perspective, this last one, how you think about it afterwards, can positive, positively impact how you approach that same activity next time. Now I'm going to get more specific here. There are 12 specific ways that different research projects have shown that you can positively impact your performance by changing your mindset. These all fit in one or two or maybe three of the buckets that I've just talked about. But here are 12 specific ways. And I think it's important to understand these. Number one, it can improve your focus and your productivity so you get more work done. Uh, it is shown to improve your motivation and attitude. I think it's pretty easy to relate that to performance. It's shown that you can achieve higher quality work and you can do that consistently over time. Uh, number four, it's shown that you can achieve that higher quality with fewer resources, so you can be more efficient. So you can be more efficient and effective. Uh, it is shown that you can handle more tasks. 
Studies have also shown, number six, that you can handle challenges more effectively with the right mindset. Number seven, you can bounce back from major setbacks more efficiently and effectively. So you can handle more tasks. You can, in those tasks, there's probably going to be some more challenges. So you can handle those challenges. But if you get hit down on the ground and you sort of, you know, figuratively fall down, uh, you can bounce back from that major setback much more efficiently with the right mindset. Uh, it can absolutely impact whether and how you learn. So you can learn a new skill or a new way to do something that improves your outcomes. Let's go back to that math, that math test example I have. There's actually, there's very specific studies where they've done with, in fact, the original studies on a growth mindset where we're focused on students and students learning math and, and new skills like that. Uh, number nine, uh, it is shown that you can handle negative feedback, uh, better with the, the right mindset and still perform well. It is shown in studies that how you manage stress and whether you can use stress to your advantage has a very specific impact on your performance, uh, how resilient you are, and whether and how you learn from mistakes. So those are 12 very specific ways that you can impact your performance uh, with the right mindset. I mean, you put all those together, those are pretty powerful things. Now, I don't have time to dive into deep into all of those studies, but I picked out one as an example that I think is really will be really popular with most people. And I think it's very representative of, of the benefits of, of a proper, proper mindset. And the study looked at the impact of uh, stress, willpower, and failure mindsets. So stress is a useful mindset, is the mindset of, of whether stress can be perceived as useful, and if so, does it improve your performance under extreme stress? From a willpower perspective, um, the study looked at a non-limited willpower mindset the belief that willpower and energy are maintained or enhanced with effort rather than being limited or drained with effort. Um, some have found that, that that can be highly relevant in stressful situations and in performance. And that failure, the third one that they looked at is that failure is enhancing mindset that it basically taps into the belief that failure can increase learning, growth, and performance in a similar manner as the stress is enhancing mindset. So what these, uh, what these cognitive scientists did, they completed various tests on young men and women who were training to become Navy SEALs. Um, those are sort of elite uh, maritime warriors, if you will. Uh, BUDS is the uh, Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. BUDS is a 24-week training course that develops the SEAL candidates' mental and physical stamina and their leadership skills. It is hardcore. It is really, really, really tough. And only the best and strongest men and women can get through it, particularly the, the, most, uh, the ones with the best mental attitude. So each BUDS phase uh, includes timed physical condition tests with the time requirements becoming more demanding each week. It's grueling, it's multi-week, yet it's a highly controlled situation. Therefore, it's more easy to study in this case as objective performance data and persistence can be tracked over a couple of weeks. So they looked at, at three sort of things that, that relate to performance. They looked at the persistence through completion of tasks. They looked at objective measures of performance in various tests related during the during the training. And they looked at su success, basically the binary outcome of whether each candidate successfully completed each phase of BUDS training. So persistence, overall performance, and success. What their studies showed, what they indicated, was that the stress mindset absolutely predicts improved persistence, performance, and success. So if you see stress as something that is useful and that you can use to your advantage, that is predictive of improved persistence, performance, and success. Their findings also showed that stress mindset predicts outcomes, performance outcomes, over and above a number of other baseline characteristics, including your demographics, uh, your fitness, and self-reported individual differences. So social desirability and optimism for success were the two that they really looked at. So again, if, if you looked at stress 
as not a bad thing, but as something that is useful that you can leverage, then that was more predictive of your performance and had a positive impact on your performance over and above your demographics, your general fitness, which I think is, you know, that one I think is key when you're taking a look at the most grueling physical test that I think is out there. And it's more predictive than, than, than social desirability and optimism. Those candidates with a greater successes enhancing mindset had a better chance of persisting in training compared to those with the average mindsets. Now, interesting, they did not find a strong positive correlation for the, the willpower mindset, that mindset that says that um, I can determine my willpower and continue on. Uh, but they acknowledge previous studies that do find that people vary in the extent to which they believe power is non-limited and that those with the non-limited theories of willpower, i.e. that it is limitless, that you can create your energy and willpower, they make actual fewer mistakes during de demanding jobs, are less sensitive to physiological constraints that might hold them back, and they use their time and energy more adaptively. And that goes along with many of the studies I know that Carol Dweck and, from, from Stanford and others have done that, shown that willpower actually can be an unlimited power if you think about it in the right way. Okay, so we, we know from those studies that that yeah, positive engaging mindset can improve your performance. But I want to talk a little bit about very specifically how does that actually work physiologically, neurochemically in your brain? Because I think if you if you understand that, uh, you will be much better in a much better place to be able to understand how that framework is going to help you. So I'm going to look at, at this in three ways. Uh, we know that a mind can impact you in, in three ways from a neurological perspective. Number one, the, the emotion attached to a memory. We know that emotions, depending upon their strength and whether they are positive or negative, can elicit stronger or weaker reactions, focus, engagement, motivation, and in the end, performance. From my example before, I had a very strong emotional reaction uh, when I was young to taking math tests. It was a very strong negative one, and it came back very strongly every time I took a math test. By proactively attaching new emotions to past memory, you can create a different mindset about it. I actually had professional help to help me figure out how to stay relaxed and attach a positive mindset every time I took a test, much less a math test. You know, over time, I could begin to attach the idea of excitement and growth to the math test as opposed to fear and stress, and I learned how to do that. Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is actually a very powerful approach. It's based on a similar process, and it is shown to be very successful for many challenging self-limiting beliefs, as well as depression and other really serious conditions. All right, so that's the emotional attachment. We know that if you can change the attachment, the emotional attachment you have to a memory about a specific activity, person, place, or thing, that you can you can then change the power and the performance that you have attached to that. Number two, the neural connections. Uh, a mindset brings up preset neural connections in your brain. Known neural connections allow you to access those previous thoughts, emotions, and actions more quickly and more forcefully. That's what the brain likes them. But you can create new neural connections between events thereby creating a new mindset by linking new thoughts and actions and memories versus the previous ones that might be limiting. Uh, number three, the release of neurochemicals. Different environmental contexts, emotions, and feelings solicit the release of different neurochemicals. Most memories have an emotion attached to them. This is why some childhood memories can vividly bring back, you know, how happy, excited, sad, or frustrated, whatever you felt at the time. By proactively changing the emotion related to the memory, you can also change how you feel about it. So again, with my math example, I could reflect back and decide that my math test challenges were a good test of my character as opposed to something fearful. 
I could think about how proud I was in facing those tests and getting through them and overcoming them. Right now, I can tell you the reason I'm talking about it right now is I'm really proud. I did really, really poorly at math for, for many years, for much of my, my young life up until, up until grade 11. And I'm very proud of the fact that I overcame that. And so, you know, feelings, you know, so feelings of stress and fear obviously release a lot of fear-based neurochemicals into your, into your body. There's adrenaline there. There's, uh, cortisol. There's a whole bunch of different sort of stress-related, uh, neurochemicals that released. I've got some podcasts on, on the, the neuro, the, the, the neuroscience of, of stress and fear. So I know you guys have probably heard about that. Whereas feelings of pride and mastery bring about the release of serotonin. We know that. We also know that feeling like I've accomplished something will likely bring about the release of dopamine. And serotonin and dopamine are those chemicals that bring you sort of happiness and satisfaction with something. And those are very different feelings, right, than stress and fear. All right, so those are three ways that very specifically that a mindset will impact you physiologically and chemically. The emotion attached to a memory, you can change that. You can change your neural connections and you can change the neurochemicals that are released. All right, now this is the best part. Let's jump right into the four-part framework to changing your mindset. There are four steps. You can use this to change any sort of mindset for, for any, any kind of situation you have. So first, before we get to the framework, you wanna think about what is the situation, the person, uh, the activity, whatever it is that you, where you have a mindset that you think is holding back your performance. You wanna think about that and then apply this, this, this four-part framework. I'll use as an example through this, I'll continue to use my example of being very fearful and stressed and taking math exams in, in high school. All right, so number one is understand. You wanna understand what your perspective is on this activity, the situation, this person, whatever it is that you're doing. You wanna figure out when you, you know, it's a self-reflection, you wanna figure out what you do well and what you don't do well in that situation. You want to think about what are your thoughts when you do it? Do you have any negative self-talk? Is that part of the challenge? Do you have any positive self-talk? Does the negative outweigh the positive? You want to understand the emotion you feel when you're doing it. So what are you feeling? How are you reacting to it? You want to think about it with that situation, what you can control and what you can't. So we know you can control your approach, your feelings, your engagement, your motivation, how you react. You can't, you can't control some things in your environment. So using my math test uh, you know, situation as an example, I understand that you know, when I went through this process and I had, a, I had a psychiatrist help me walk me through this, a very similar process, and she helped me figure out when I sat down for exams, I felt afraid, I felt fear, I felt stress, I felt fear of failure. I could just feel the cold sweats coming on right now. And she helped me understand, okay, what is it that I need to do to change uh, that, that I can change in that situation? How can I avoid the self-talk? How can I come to it differently? So that's number one is understanding. Uh, number two is the change. You figure out what you want to change it to. And there's really three parts that I want you to think about in this. I want you to think about the trigger. I want you to think number two about your desired emotion. And then three, the experience or the response that you want to tie to that emotion. Now remember, memories are strongest with a with a strong emotion attached to them. And what you want to do is replace that old memory that is that is holding back your performance with a new, stronger memory that's going to increase your performance. So you want to think about what triggers it, and you want to think about your desired emotion and your desired experience. Now we know from studies that the kind of mindset that helps improve performance typically are positive ones. A growth-minded mindset, a stress is useful mindset, a failure is useful mindset. A willpower is unlimited mindset. That courage and energy are created and useful mindset. 
So really at this stage, I want you to think about what is that future state energy and and experience that you want to have sorry emotion not energy what's the future state emotion that you want to have and the experience you want to have so in my case i want to have the experience of sitting down at an exam looking at it and feeling happy and excited to show that i know what i'm that that, that i know my subject that i know what i'm talking about to be calm to be relaxed to be engaged that's the the feelings and that i want to have the experience i want to have is being able to go through the math test and know that i can answer all those questions Okay, three is the new link. You want to link your new desired emotion and response to the, sp to the specific action or trigger that you'd figured out. So I knew that my trigger for my response was sitting down at a desk and looking down at the test. Even to this day, I can, I can think back and I can feel very strongly. I remember, I remember very specific test in grade six, a very specific math test, sitting down, and feeling very afraid looking at it, feeling the fear, feeling the sweat. I remember feeling that feeling of choking while I was looking at this exam. So that's my trigger was looking at that. So I want to link, okay, looking at it, sitting down and looking at an exam, to, instead of feeling fear, I'm going to link it to feeling calm and confident and being able to do it and being proud of being able to do well. All right, now that you've made, now that I've made that link, and I know I want to replace my old memories with these, with these new with this new linkage, you want to do step four, practice and reward. So you want to practice thinking this through repeatedly. Now this isn't an overnight process, it can take time. And we certainly know that older and stronger mindsets, ones such as long-held prejudices, will definitely take much more practice and sometimes need professional therapeutic support. As I've already said, I needed support for, for overcoming my fears on, on taking tests and exams. However, we also know that short, quick mindsets with no previous track record, say I, some of you have heard me talk about setting your mindset for the day so you can achieve the things you want to, that can indeed be set relatively quickly because it's not related to an overpowering, very strong, older emotion. So there's two ways that we know from previous studies that work really, really well for practicing uh, the, the new linkage that you want to create. That's visualizing and or journaling it. Uh, you can visualize it over and over again. So in my case, that would be sitting, visualizing in my head and thinking through, okay, when I sit down on the exam, I want to practice taking a long, slow breath, feeling relaxed, feeling confident, feeling engaged. But you can also journal about it. And at this point in time, sometimes it can be really useful for if I've ever had a previous experience where I did have a positive interaction with it, to remember that and to remind myself, here's how I felt positive engaged. Now, I didn't have that at the time with my math test, but you know, I had other tests where I could sit down and feel positive about. So I could link the feeling sitting down and feeling positive and engaged and, and competent in those tests. I could link that now back to math tests. And I practiced that in my head all the time. And then I had my tutor help me practice something. You would have heard me talk about this in our Courage uh, podcast last week and the week before, but the more uh, practicing in, in little baby steps, the more you practice, the more likely you are to create that new relationship in your mind. And if you take it in little baby steps and in increments and slowly build up to it, then you can build it to be stronger and stronger. And then what you want to do is reward your success. And the more that you reward the success, the more likely you will retain the new link. There's a couple of ways that you can do that. One, you can actually, if I take, say, a short little three question math test, and I sit down and I think relaxed, positive, engaged thoughts, and I do it afterwards, I can smile, 
maybe you know reward myself with a nice coffee from Starbucks or a beer or something like that, whatever it is that you choose to celebrate and reward. When you reward it and you do that repeatedly as you practice, then that will really uh, engage the reward mechanism. And as you know from my motivation uh, podcast, that that's where motivation comes from for future action. Okay, so that's the four-step process. You want to understand, change, create a new link, and then practice and reward. Now, I just want to give you three sort of considerations for this as well. Number one, be aware as you practice this, you want to monitor and see how you do over time. This isn't something that you can just flip a switch. So you just want to be, you want to be cognizant of this. You want to be conscious. So when you enter that situation, you know, think about it. And, and, and often this is again, where journaling happens, where journaling can help. Um, yeah, as you, as you try the, the new process, the new mindset out, see how it, how it helps your performance or not. Number two, you consider making the change in small increments, as I talked about. Um, you know, this is where you take small baby steps, steps and you grow over time as opposed to taking one large step. There's lots of studies that show that that is a very successful approach. Uh, number three, I just want to point out that failure, setbacks, initial confusion are all very possible at this first stage, and that is okay. There are so many studies that show that people who accept failure as part of the learning process can be adept at overcoming the failure being resilient and bouncing back. That's that whole failure is okay mindset. So I guess it's taking a positive mindset about positive mindsets. Okay, everybody, that's everything I wanted to say today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. My goal, as always, is to help as many people as possible learn how to improve, transform, and achieve higher performance. I hope today's content, talking about mindset and how you can change mindset to improve your performance, can actually really actually help you to improve your life and achieve more. Well, I hope it can help you figure out how you can live that engaging, productive, fulfilling life that so many people want, but with more balance and a little less overwhelm. If you like what you heard, I invite you to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to my site at invictus.coach forward slash register, and you can get regular updates on how we're using neuroscience and high-performance skills, tools, and approaches to help people and teams reach that peak performance and achieve more in their lives. All right, thanks, everybody, and have a great weekend.